1: Holy Spirit, that is such good news, that you are not finished yet. That fills my heart, that fills our hearts with hope, knowing that whatever is happening around us, our circumstances, our relationships, our challenges, our struggles, you are still at work. You, even though we might not see it, you're still working. You're not finished working on me, in me, and through me. And I just am so grateful, God. And my prayer this morning is that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. That as we open up your word and chew on it and wrestle with it this morning, I pray that it would bring comfort and hope to all who are tuning in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning, Ocean Hills. What's going on? Some of you right now, you're tuning in and you're filled with despair. You're like suffering right now because of the election. Your guy lost and you can't shake it. Like you're so disillusioned that that actually you're thinking the world, our country is coming. I'm just, I'm falling into the deep abyss. We're, We're over, we're done with. Others of you kind of smiling, maybe even smirking, be a gracious winner, those of you that won. And then there's others of you that are going, whoa, it's not done yet. There's there's going to be protests and then they're still going to count some and there's absentee ballots and you're hyperventilating. And so I want to just say, hey, everybody, let's breathe. The sun did come up this morning. Jesus is still in control and still on the throne. Did you know that? The Bible teaches that. And so we have cause to uh, have our hope in the living God. And so this morning, as we look at scripture, what we're going to do today is we're going to go after the question, what do God's people do when we're feeling disappointed and disillusioned and in despair uh, because of the circumstances around us, because of the world around us, because of the people around us? How do we deal with suffering? How do we deal when we pray and our prayers feels like we're not getting better, but we're country's getting worse or praying for health and I'm getting worse. How do we deal with that as the real world collides with our faith? The third catalyst of spiritual growth of becoming more like Jesus is the word reframe. First week, we looked at rhythms, sacred spiritual rhythms and practices. Last week, we looked at relationships. God uses both of those. Today, we're looking at reframe or reframing our circumstances. When we reframe our perspective on life, everything changes. And so think about uh, James chapter 1. It's you know, a very familiar passage, but let me just remind us when troubles of any kind come your way huh? troubles are coming your way if you haven't and aren't facing something right now you're gonna and uh, or you have all of us are gonna face troubles the bible says in james chapter 1 when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy huh what when i face troubles i'm not choosing joy. I'm choosing anxiety, fear, stress. Well, scripture corrects me and you. James says, no, no, no. Whatever the troubles are that you're facing of any kind, of every kind, use it as an opportunity. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Because you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, it has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God can't accomplish his purposes in your life without taking you and me through trials, through suffering, through pain, heartache, setbacks. uh, And that's the opportunity. And we get to choose how we're going to respond to adversity. We get to choose how we're going to respond when we suffer, when we're disappointed and in despair. And so... I want to uh, have us look at a passage, actually two other passages this morning. One, written by Jeremiah in Lamentations, an Old Testament passage. Jeremiah wrote this uh, book of the Bible. And here's just a little background. He is in a place, in a state where he's lamenting. Lamentations, lament. He's crying, he's mourning, he's grieving, he's sad because... The temple has been destroyed. The destruction of the temple in 586 B.C. This is the time when Jeremiah is writing this. And so he's become depressed. And he's looking at his situation and his future, like some of you are after the election. And Jeremiah's going, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. We're falling into a deep, dark abyss. There's no hope. And here's what he writes. These words are so powerful, written so long ago, and yet so practical and so useful and so personal for us today. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 through 24. Grab your Bible and underline this. Here's what he writes. Just thinking of my troubles and my lonely wandering makes me miserable. That's all I ever think about that's all i ever think about that's all i ever think about he writes and i am depressed and then i remember something that fills me with hope the lord's kindness never fails if he had not been merciful we would have been destroyed the lord can always be trusted to show mercy each morning. Deep in my heart, I say to myself, the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. Wow. Now just go back and listen to his heart. Listen to his language. It's really profound and revealing. He says, just thinking of my troubles makes me miserable. That's all I ever think about, and I'm depressed. Here's a life lesson, friends. When we're fixated, whatever we're fixated on, whatever we're thinking about and put our mind on, whatever TV channel we're watching and feeling, whatever news show, whatever it is, when we're fixated and filling our mind with stuff, that is going to impact how we think about life, how we respond to challenges and suffering and adversity and pain and disappointment and disillusion. And here's the spiritual growth opportunity and choice. It's a spiritual choice to reframe your thinking, reframe your situation, reframe your perspective. And that's exactly what Jeremiah does. He shifts his perspective. Watch this. Don't miss this. Verse 21. Then I remember something that fills me with hope. Then I remember something. He reaches back. He changes his perspective. He makes a shift in the way he's thinking and what he's dwelling upon. And what is it? Then I remember something that fills me with hope. He went from depression and misery. Now he's filled with hope. What is it? He says, the Lord's kindness. It never fails. If He had been merciful, if He had not been merciful, we would have been destroyed. The Lord can always be trusted. And as you read through this, it's so, so powerful. What you and I think about when we think about God, whether He's kind, whether He's trustworthy, whether He's caring, or whether He's distant, impersonal, and unavailable how we think about god is really really important and what we choose to fill our minds with and our perspective is really important in how we deal with suffering and adversity we have a high school student her name is summer she's part of our church family an important part of our high school ministry and she's been suffering some severe health setbacks and uh, actually went to new york city to get additional help for her her health issues. And she posted on Instagram this photo of her in her hospital bed. And if you notice, on the bottom of her post, it says, our trip to New York has not gone as planned. She's writing like the Book of Lamentations. She's dealing with. Health issues. Her body is not responding as she has prayed for and hoped for. The more we've been praying for her as a church, as her and her family have been praying, there's a, there's a hope and a prayer and then it's like things aren't getting better, they're getting worse. I want you to learn from Summer. I want you to see. I want you to have a front row seat to how she's reframing her life and her faith. Look at what she posted under that photo. Today, my best friend, Caitlin Hoydell, sent me this verse, Jeremiah 2011. It says this, the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. Life has unexpected twists and turns. There are ups and downs, highs and lows, and our life doesn't always go as we plan it. Our life is inconsistent. But God is constant. He stands with us firmly through every trial. He is present wherever you are and is fighting for you. You can persevere with the Lord's mighty strength. Oh, somebody say amen. Oh my goodness, that right there is the sermon. Here is a high school student coaching us, modeling for us, leading by example, how to reframe our perspective in the midst of setbacks and disillusionment, despair, and suffering. I want us to turn to a second passage of scripture to reinforce the point. It's a a book in the Old Testament prophets. Many of you have never probably even read it. It's called the book of Habakkuk. And in chapter three, verses 17 through 19, Again, notice what you notice, listen to the language. He writes this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, Now just push pause right there. There's a comma right there, not a period, a comma. And I think that's important to notice because three times he says, even though, even though, even though there's a famine in the land. I mean, there's a crisis right in front of them. It's real. And then in verse 18, after that comma, yet I will rejoice. In the Lord yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will be joyful in the God of my salvation the sovereign Lord is my strength he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights isn't that powerful three times he says even though even though my circumstances even though my adversity even though the future looks bleak it looks dark even though yet I will rejoice in the Lord, the sovereign Lord. That word sovereign means God's in control. Now what about you as you're watching this? Even though, even though your guy lost the election, even though you're going through a divorce, even though your children are struggling and hurting, even though you have chronic pain in your body, even though you lost a loved one too soon, even though you're a couple that wants to have a baby, but you can't seem to get pregnant and and, and maybe suffering from infertility. What is your even though? What is your place of suffering, adversity, heartache, hardship right now, real time right here, where you live? And again, let the Bible coach you, nourish your soul. Listen to the words of Habakkuk. Watch this. Even though yet I will rejoice in the Lord. That's reframe. That's reframing his perspective. That's reframing his adversity, his suffering. I hope you're getting the point because It's when we have a personal relationship with the living God, knowing the Lord personally while in our affliction and suffering, this is the key to becoming stronger as we reframe our perspective. And so I want to uh, just wrap this message up with a couple thoughts. One is God is still in control and we put our hope in the living God. We don't put our hope in man. We don't put our hope in systems and governments and laws. We put our hope in Jesus Christ, who conquered death, who rose from the dead. And reframe means that we have a choice to believe that God is good, that God is still kind, that God is still loving, even though I'm going through something hard painful and scary even though whatever it is you're facing god is still kind loving and gracious and merciful and powerful and in control and so it's a spiritual choice and so let me just close with this transition just i want you to think what could happen in my life If I flipped the script about my circumstances, my adversity, my disappointment, my despair, what might happen, what could happen if I changed my perspective, if I flipped it upside down and flipped the script and chose to trust God? Well, your life will change. Watch this.
0: God doesn't love me. You can't force me to believe God is good. This is the one truth in life. This world is a product of chance. How can I believe that God will use my life? I know with certainty that God has left me. Never again will I say that Christ is risen from the dead. I know now more than ever in my life that man can save himself. We must realize that it is ignorant to think God answers prayers. Christians declare that without God, this world would fall into darkness. This world can and will meet my needs. It is a lie to say that God has always been there for me. I now realize that no matter what I do, the truth is he doesn't love me. How can I presume that God is good?
2: God is good. How can I presume that he doesn't love me? The truth is, no matter what I do, I now realize that God has always been there for me. It's a lie to say that this world can and will meet my needs. Without God, this world would fall into darkness. Christians declare that God answers prayers. We must realize that it is ignorant to think man can save himself. I know now more than ever in my life that Christ is risen from the dead. Never again will I say that God has left me. I know with certainty that God will use my life. How can I believe that this world is a product of chance? This is the one truth in life. God is Good. You can't force me to believe that God doesn't love me.
1: God is good.
0: Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page
2: on oceanhills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.